When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank God it's Friday, folks. Am I right? Hey, it's me, your host, Stephen, and I am giving you one last episode this week. It's another JAF Classics episode. This is episode number three that was originally published or or or. I don't know what you would call it in audio. Pub- sure, published. That's what we're going with. It was originally published on September 13th, 2006. I don't really have a lot to say about it going into it, except for, hey, surprise, surprise, I got a new microphone. Hello and welcome to episode number 228 of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And here we are with another classic episode going back 5,610 days. I find it more impressive if I use days instead of years. It's it's over 15 years. It's from September 13th, 2006. Uh, I got a new microphone when uh, I, by the time I published this or recorded this episode, which uh, I didn't pay for, uh, I think I, I explained last time or, or the first time that I was doing this podcast for a guy who was trying to start a podcast network that he could monetize, and he called it Links Broadcasting. And the way it would work is I would record the episodes, and then I would upload them to him. And then he would put them out on uh, Libsyn is the the account that he had. Eventually, we got to the point where... He just handed over all the uh, login information to the Libsyn account, and I just did it all myself, and he just paid the monthly fee. Um, but yeah, it was like after after the first two episodes, apparently he he believed that I had the potential to do something pretty good here with this podcast because he sent me a brand new microphone, and it was a nice USB mic. You'll hear... Go back real quick and just listen to a little bit of episode one or two and then listen to this episode and you'll see the the huge difference. I still don't really quite understand microphone technique. The big poppy peas are really huge in this episode, but I'll tell you what, let's just get into it. Let's play the episode and then we'll come back and I have a couple things to say and we'll wrap it up. All right, here you go. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the most spoon-bending podcast in all of cyberspace. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx Broadcasting production. Just like a comic book! Just like a comic book!
Welcome to episode number three of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, September 12th, 2006, and is brought to you by the letter O and the number 22. My name is Stephen Orr, and I'm here to guide you through this little experiment in unexperienced audio mismanagement. This week, we have your news and picks, along with the low-rent fanboy tip of the week. And, of course, I have with me in the studio everyone's favorite malcontent, Norman, Oklahoma. Say hello, Norman. How about I just whack you in the face instead? Oh, uh... Sorry, sorry. I told myself I'd be nice to you this week. Really? Well, you know, I'm curious. Are you actually from Oklahoma? Heck no! I'm a Kansas boy, born and bred. Really? And when was that? When was what? When were you born? Oh, in 1849. 1849? So that would make you... what? 157. 157? 157. Wow, I'm impressed. How do you manage to say so fit? I tell you, it was like I was saying to Wyatt back in Dodge. Wyatt? Yeah, Wyatt Earp. Now shut your cow kisser, I'm speaking. Anyway, like I told Wyatt back in Dodge, the key to staying fit and looking young are buffalo chips. Buffalo chips? Buffalo chips. You know, dried up buffalo poo. I eat dried up buffalo poo. You eat dried up buffalo poo? I eat dried up buffalo poo. That's nasty. Nasty? You're what, 33, 34? Something like that, yeah. Well, I'm 157 years old, and I can throw a whooping down on you like you ain't never felt in the entirety of your whole life. And that's from eating buffalo chips. Yeah, well, I think I'll pass. You would, you pansy. Come on, that's not nice. Anyway, stick around for the view from Norman, Oklahoma at the end of the episode. And now, on to listeners' emails. You have listeners? That's a good one. I have at least one listener, and I have the email here to prove it. Granted, it's from a guy I know at work who I told to listen to the show, but he took the time to write in, so I'll take the time to read it. The email comes from Josh in Lawrence, Kansas, and Josh writes, Shouldn't you note somewhere who the music is by, and where can I get some Hogshead coffee? Both good questions, Josh. Thanks for writing in. I'll tell you what, I'll answer your first question in the closing words of the episode. As for your second question, Hogshead Coffee, last week's sponsor, can be found at all your local fictional coffee shops and supermarkets. Just ask for the coffee that tastes like pork. And now, news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by Pickle in a Sack, the pet for all ages. Have you grown weary of cats and dogs? Do goldfish make you bored to tears? Has your hamster got you down in the dumps? Why not try Pickle in a Sack, the revolutionary new pet that comes with its own unique carrying case. Take it to the beach, the zoo, or even your local sewage treatment plant. Why, thanks to that brown paper bag, this pickle will go with you anywhere. In a world that's quickly going the way of the dodo, wouldn't it be nice to have a loyal pet by your side when the going gets rough? When public transport shuts down, when the power goes away and you're left without food or water, you've always got pickle in a sack. Pickle in a sack, because eating your hamster is just plain weird. Please dispose of pickle in a sack when it begins to smell. Pickle in a sack is not intended for lonely people who just need a living, breathing creature around to love them unconditionally. And now, this week in comic book news. Marvel.com has an eight-page preview of Warren Ellis and Salvador LaRocca's New Universal, a series launching in December that is a new take of the New Universe. The New Universe was originally an imprint of Marvel Comics in the 1980s. It was a separate universe from the main Marvel titles that was to offer a more realistic take on superheroes and science fiction. Big Marvel Comics news and announcements from the Diamond Comics Retailer Conference held in Baltimore, Maryland this past Monday evening. 
Spider-Man's black costume makes a return in February, and I can say that it's about damn time. This will be what Marvel is calling the Back in Black event, so in all three Spider-Man titles and anywhere else Spider-Man will appear, he will be dressed in the black costume. This will take place February through June of 2007. The lucky retailers who attended the conference were shown panels from Stephen King's Dark Tower series. The series title is Dark Tower, Gunslinger Born, and the first issue ships February 2007. And this fanboy, for one, just simply cannot wait. Well, I can wait. I mean, I have to, right? But still, damn. Spinning out of the Annihilation event sees a Nova ongoing series, a Quasar five-issue limited series, two Heralds of Galactus one-shots, and a Super Scroll Armada. Though creative team details from, from most of these titles weren't available at the time of this recording, Dan Abnett and Annie La- Andy Lanning will pin the Nova series, and the first Heralds of Galactus one-shot will focus on Fire Lord and Terax, while the other will focus on Silver Surfer and Stardust. Also announced at the conference Monday evening was the creative team tapped to replace Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfana on Runaways when they leave the title at the end of issue number 24. The new team taking over the book as of issue 25 will be writer Josh Whedon and artist Michael Ryan. Thor will finally return in an ongoing series written by J. Michael Straczynski. Okay, great. We officially know who's writing Thor. Can you tell us the artist already? Email me if you know already. Just another fanboy at gmail.com already. <sighs> Marvel and the Dable Brothers have signed a publishing agreement. So in October, Marvel will, re- will release collected editions of Red Prophet and Magician Apprentice, collecting the first two issues of each. These will both be available on October 11th. Later in October, Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter, and Guilty Pleasures number number one will be released. This miniseries is based on the popular series of novels by Laura K. Hamilton and will be the first in a series of miniseries based on the popular character. This will be followed in November by the first issue of the miniseries Patolus, Spire by the Spire, based on the new role-playing game. All four series will be published on a monthly schedule thereafter. Finally, Marvel will also issue a premier hardcover edition of the graphic novel adaptation of George R.R. Martin's Hedge Knight in December. What's going to happen after Planet Hulk? In May of 2007, writer Greg Pak and artist John Romita Jr. let us know with World War Hulk. My little fanboy heart just skipped a beat. Remember Classics Illustrated? Well, Marvel plans to publish a line of classic novel adaptations under the name Marvel Illustrated. Look for Roy Thomas's ad- adaptation of Last of the Mohicans, the first title to be released. Stay alive! Do you hear me? Stay alive! I will find you! Alan Davis has renewed his exclusive contract with Marvel and will bring back Clandestine. Clandestine, don't you? A book that Alan Davis wrote and drew back in the 90s for Marvel about a family of superheroes. I have this somewhere in storage, so I'm going to have to go back and look for them because I don't remember anything about this series. The Frank Miller run on Daredevil will be collected in an omnibus edition, as well as collections of early Spider-Man stories, including Amazing Fantasy number 15 and Amazing Spider-Man number 138. And finally, the one bit of news from the conference that makes me say, huh? Marvel Comics crosses over with CBS daytime soap opera The Guiding Light. Marvel's mightiest heroes and villains meet some of daytime drama's steamiest as the mighty Avengers and their deadly foes descend on Guiding Light's city of Springfield to determine if a new superpowered character will be friend or fiend. Boom! And that's it for Marvel news from the Diamond Comics Retailer Conference. 
DC announced some of their new collections coming out in 2007, including an absolute version of Wildcats, a two-volume showcase collection of Who's Who from the late 80s, and a four-volume color hardcover project entitled New Gods Omnibus, which will collect Jack Kirby's entire Fourth World saga. Also in DC News, writers Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, best known for their latest DC works, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters and Jonah Hex, have signed a two-year exclusive to DC Comics. In other comic book news, it seems that Monty Python alum and filmmaker extraordinaire Terry Gilliam is working on projects for the Virgin Comics director's cut line. The thought behind this genius idea is that Gilliam wants to have comics created from his multitude of unproduced screenplays. What, what what might we see coming down the pipe? How about Time Bandits number two? Theseus and the Minotaur? Does defect does the defective detective do anything for you? What should? This is Terry Gilliam we're talking about here. Find out more on what might be happening and what these projects are all about at filmic.blogspot.com. That's F-I-L-M-I-C-K dot blogspot.com. In movie news, Brendan Fraser is set to reprise the role of Rick O'Connell, the ass-kicking adventurer from The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. This time around, the character has been reimagined in an all-new setting. As long as he's not swinging through the jungle in a loincloth and knocking into trees, then I might just enjoy it. In DVD news, it looks as if the release of Clerks 2 is being pushed up to November 27th. I originally reported that the disc was hitting stores in December, but DVDactive.com is reporting the November release date, and they gotta be right. This looks like a one-disc set with deleted scenes, the obligatory commentary track, because it just wouldn't be a Kevin Smith DVD without the commentary track, a 90-minute behind-the-scenes documentary, and more. This week on DVD sees the release of the Star Wars originally, the Star Wars original trilogy, and this time, hand shoots first, and all is well. Also on DVD this week is The Office Season 2, Smallville, the complete fifth season, Grey's Anatomy, the complete second season uncut, and The Batman Season 2. And that was your news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book picks of the week. This week from DC Comics, we have 52, week number 19. What if I told you I could, using Booster's DNA, bioengineer a superhero identity for you? Plus, The Origin of Animal Man by Mark Wade and Brian Boland. Green Arrow number 66, written by Judd Winnick, art and cover by Scott McDaniel and Andy Owens. It's one year later, and Green Arrow is determined to retrain and improve his fighting skills. He hatches a plan to stay, to save Star City while adding newer, deadlier disciplines to his repertoire. And to this, he must seek the aid of the person who trained Deathstroke. Green Lantern number 13, written by Jeff Johns, art by Ivan Rice and Mark Campos, cover by Simone Bianchi. Revenge of the Green Lanterns continues. Confronted with the cyborg Superman and the cold, murderous Manhunters, Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner must convince their fellow Lanterns of Hal's good intentions. But what chilling secrets do the Manhunters contain, and why do the Guardians of the Universe wish to protect that secret? And this week for Marvel, we have Captain America number 21, written by Ed Brubaker, with art by Steve Epting. The 21st century blitz rockets to its conclusion as Captain America and the man he once called his partner, the Winter Soldier, finally come face to face in the fight to save London. Wolverine Origins number 6, written by Daniel Way, with art by Steve Dillon. 
Completely shattered by the revelations of last issue, Logan must now ask himself some hard, almost impossible questions, such as whether or not he can continue on his quest, or if he even should. Though he now remembers who he was, the most, the more pressing question becomes who and what is he now? Answering these questions will take the help of one of Logan's closest friends, and one of his deadliest enemies, Omega Red! And now it's time once again for the low-rent fanboy tip of the week. If you got the money, I've got the time. We'll go honky-talking and we'll have a time. We'll make all the nice spots, dance, drink beer and wine. If you got the money, honey, I've got the time. Well, ye, and might I say, ha. You know, I can't afford to buy all the comics I want. I wish I could, but I can't, so there you have it. I play the lottery all the time. I mean, somebody has to win, right? But until I'm swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck, I have to do whatever I can to keep caught up on what's going on in the other books I don't read without taking out a second mortgage on the home. This week's tip... Know your library. Now, I'm not sure how it is in your part of the world, but my local library carries trade paperbacks and graphic novels all to read for free. Some libraries, like mine, have an online catalog you can use to search for the books you want to read, and then even select them to be held for you so you don't have to go in all the time to see if a particular book is in. Once the book becomes available, you get an email notification. Heck, my library will even mail the books to me. And this is a totally free service. If you haven't been in your local library lately, then visit. If you don't have a library card, then get one. It's easy. Come on. If Fonzie can get a library card, then anyone can get a library card. I currently have about 30 books sitting on my shelf to read, with many more slated to come my way. This is a huge money saver. You may not own the books, but at least you get to read the stories. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? And that was the Low Rent Fanboy Tip of the Week. Once a month on Just Another Fanboy, I like to gather up all the comics I bought for the previous month and choose my top three. So, without any more ado, the top three comics of August 2006. Number three, from Marvel Comics, Wolverine number 45 by Mark Guggenheim and Humberto Ramos. This is a Civil War tie-in. In this issue, Logan and Prince Namor have a throwdown, the likes of which haven't been seen since, well, probably last week. Regardless, Namor kicks Logan's ass and escapes to Atlantis with Nitro, the guy that kind of started this whole Civil War thing. Logan wants Nitro to pay, pay for blowing up that school full of children. Namor wants Nitro to pay for killing his cousin when he blew up that school full of children. Logan borrows some undersea armor from Tony Stark and swims on down to Atlantis to get Nitro back, and hilarity ensues. This book got the top three mainly because of Ramos. Humberto Ramos is one of these artists that you either love or hate. Well, consider me smitten, because I have been a fan of his since his days of doing Impulse for DC. Not to take anything away from Mark Guggenheim, as great as the art is, if it doesn't have good writing to go along with it, then the book would get a great big thumbs down and a from me. Granted, we do have Wolverine popping his claws while he's wearing the Iron Man armor, but that was just for effect. Up until that point, Namor thought he was dealing with Iron Man. And for all those out there saying... But it made that snicked noise under the water, and he punctured the suit with his claws, and he was underwater. 
I have something to say to you guys. Stop reading superhero comics. This kind of stuff happens all the time. Number two from DC, All-Star Superman number five by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. Clark Kent visits Lex Luthor in jail for an exclusive interview and hilarity ensues. I chose this issue for the simple fact that this is one of those few books out there that really makes you believe that you could truly know Clark Kent and never realize that he's Superman. The way Quietly uses the clothes that Clark wears to make him look slightly overweight is just genius. Plus, we see a baboon in a Superman suit, and that's just comedy. And number one from DC, Justice League of America, number one by Brad Meltzer and Ed Benes. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman meet in the Batcave to vote on whom they should extend invitations to to join the new Justice League of America. And hilarity ensues. In my mind, Brad Meltzer is a genius. I loved Identity Crisis. I loved his run on Green Arrow. And two issues in, I'm loving his Justice League. We got the big three, Black Lightning, Arsenal, Vixen, Red Tornado, and the OGL Hal Jordan. That's the original Green Lantern. Well, except for Alan Scott. I guess he'd be the OGL. Hmm. Anyway, this is mainly a set up book as we go through the process of seeing who's going to be invited into the new league. However, there's a villain. There's always a villain. This guy calls himself Dr. Impossible and using some behind-the-scenes machinations helps Red Tornado become human. Why? What's the evil plot? I guess we'll find out. And those are my top three books of August 2006. And now, The View from Norman, Oklahoma. The View from Norman, Oklahoma, a weekly segment in which our resident crotchety old bastard Norman, Oklahoma, gives up his opinion on whatever pisses him off. And so, ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you Norman, Oklahoma. Thank you. It's good to be back. Back? Back from where? Well, I tell you, I just spent the last week taking a relaxing vacation at a fancy hotel. Oh, yeah? Doing what? I was relaxing. I spent my whole time at the hotel getting room service and getting pampered in the day spa. Pampered in a day spa? That's right. And it put me in quite the contrary mood. Of course, now I ain't got nothing to talk about here on your episode as I was so relaxed all week. Ain't nothing got me pissed off. Nothing? No, sir. You gotta have something. I ain't got nothing, my boy. Not a care in the world. You know, the Around Comics podcast had John Byrne on this week. Did you listen to that? He's pretty controversial. You want to talk about him? John Byrne? I love the man. I ain't got nothing to say against him. Oh, come on. You know, I've come to expect a lot more from you. Well, I hate to disappoint you, my boy. Anyway, I gotta go feed my cat. Your cat? Yes, sir. My pet cat, Fluffy Girl. Fluffy Girl? That's right. Adios. Well, thanks for nothing, Norman. And with that, we bring another episode to close. If you have any questions or comments on this week's show, or you just have nothing better to do than make this little fanboy feel wanted, send me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. Send it in, and as long as it's not stupid, I promise to read it. Remember to visit pythonland.com for all your Monty Python needs. I post over there on the message board at Pythonland under the handle Strangely Brown, so drop in and say hello. If you'd like to read my writing, you can head on over to Off the Top of My Head, found at www.pythonland.com slash top, that's T-O-P. It's updated every Monday. This week's article is Bullies and Turtles, a slight departure from the normally light tone of my writings where I reminisce about the various bullies from my life. 
and yes, a turtle is involved. The theme song from today's episode is Comic Book by the Super Spies. You can find it and info about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music provided for this show comes from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. And now I leave you with my final thought of the week. You can't get butter from a lemon if you've never bathed the canary. Thank you and good night. So there was new microphone episode. And frankly, I think I mentioned in episode two that it's always darkest just before the dawn. Things have to get really bad before they get really good. And episode three here for me is uh, listening back to it. It's like the first step uh, going back up the ladder. Uh, Episode one was all right. Episode two was even worse. And then episode three was was just a, a vast improvement. You know, I'm really starting to cobble together this idea of a show with different segments. Um, we've got the news and information. We've got comic book picks of the week. I uh, I did my top three comics for the month of August, which listening to it, it I, I, I found it funny that I start out by basically saying, once a month here on Just Another Fanboy, I like to look back at the comics that I read in the previous month. It's like once a month, this is your third episode. This is the first time you've done this. You could get away with this after maybe three or four months, but having not even podcasted for a full month, how could you sit there and say, once a month here at Just Another Fanboy, I like to do this. And <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to go for back then, but I've also, I also added a bit more music to the episode. I discovered a place called the Pod Show Podsafe Music Network, and I started pulling music off of that, like the... The, the song I would play underneath the, the, the sponsor of that week's episode came from a guy called George Robb, and it's a song called Blue Parenthetical Polka. And this, this website was a place where musicians, singers, writers, whatever, anybody who made songs could upload them to this website, and then podcasters could go get them and download them for free, providing that they mention at some point that they get it from the pod show pod safe music network. And in some cases you would even credit the people who put it up there. And then another one that I actually got off that was for my low rent fanboy tip of the week. If you've got the money, I've got the time as performed by Merle Haggard. He didn't write the song, but I don't know how this song made it to the pod show pod safe music network, but it was there. And I was looking for something to play before the the low rent fanboy tip of the week. And I wanted to have something that talked about spending money and uh, found that one. And, you know, I'm not a fan of country. I, when it country music is something that I loathe, 
more than most things in life. But there are some good old classic country songs that I that I somewhat enjoy. And this is one of them. And I was so pleased to be able to add it to the show because not because it was like this song that I just loved. And it's like, oh, I hope that one day I can put this Merle Haggard song on a on a podcast. No, it was more like this seemed to fit, you know, more than anything uh, for a segment called the Low Rent Fanboy Tip of the Week. So it, it felt like a, a really big deal that I was able to to put that song on there. Anyway, that's the episode this week. You got five episodes this week on Just Another Fanboy, Monday, Monday through Friday. And that's not going to happen often, folks. I just wanted to celebrate the fact that Ed Moore from the Boom Addiction podcast was able to give me practically every old episode of Just Another Fanboy. I think he was missing three of them. I, I know I had them on, on on CD at one point. You know, all the MP3s saved to two CDs, and I, I just I haven't been able to find the CDs. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll, I'll end up locating them at one point. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to celebrate the fact that I could listen to these shows again, and I wanted to, to, to share them with y'all. And so... To, to, to do that, I did one episode a week this week, Monday through Friday. You will probably get all of the, you know, more further episodes of the JAF Classics on Friday every week. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to point out was that this week, you know, I did the whole top three comics from August. And uh, one of the books that I chose was an issue of Wolverine. And... With all three books, I really didn't spend much time talking about the three books. So as an added bonus for anybody who wants to, anybody who might have the the cheddar to pull it off, if you want to hear me talk more in depth, not only about that Wolverine issue, but the entire storyline that that issue was a part of, it was a part of a six-issue storyline, Wolverine issues 42 through 47 from May to November of 2006. I'm talking about that right now over at my other podcast, which is called my other podcast. It's something that you can only get from my Patreon. It is a dollar a month at the least. You have to at least pay a dollar a month, but go give it a try. You know, think about it like this. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on that issue of Wolverine and the storyline in general, all you got to do is pay a dollar to listen to that one episode. And then you have 200 and 20 more episodes that you can choose from for that month and listen to. And then the next month, if you're still having fun, it's another dollar. You know, dollar a month is just practically nothing. I'm not asking for a lot. Why am I getting mad? I don't know. But patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or the link will be in the show notes. I invite you all to come over there, join up, be a part of the fun, listen to extra episodes from me, because frankly, you just can't get enough of me in your life. That's it, folks. That's my episode. We'll be back next week with episodes on Tuesday and Thursday, and then a JAF Classic episode on Friday. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.